0: Welcome to the Sean Hannity show. It's Mark Simone here for Sean, the uh, the bang in your yin yang or whatever that's. I, I, every time I fill in, that song sticks in my head for days. Oh, it's, uh it's like a, what do you call that? An earworm. I just can't get rid of it. So, uh Sean is off today. Uh, I'll be here. Uh and we got uh, everybody's off. Linda is gone, Jason is gone. We have the A team in the control room, but all in the wrong places. Ethan is running the control board. Have you ever run that board before? Yep. Oh, you have. Okay. But uh, Stanger here is usually the head of operations. He's actually screening now. When was the last time you screened? 14 years ago? Okay. 2002? Oh, 2002. Okay. So this is the problem with it. It's like, uh, you know, the you get your flu shot. The nurse gives it to you. Well, let's say you got the head of the hospital to come down and give it to you. That's not good. The nurse does it like a thousand times a day. She's got a perfect hand. The head of the hospital probably hasn't done this in seven years. So what are you saying
1: about his calls today? <laughs> I,
0: <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, we'll see. Uh, oh, you can call us. I should give out the number. That might help. 1-800-941-SHAWN is the number. one 1- one 800 941 Now we're going to explain this whole impeachment, uh, to you very simply so you can understand it. Now let's first start with what happened today. Uh, they vote last night for the impeachment, uh, you see how government works. You know, you got uh, like your street is not fixed or the highway's not finished and you see these guys working they're going to pave the highway and uh, you come back 6 months later and they moved up about 30 feet and that's it. And you went, what takes so long? Well, watch this uh, impeachment. Yeah, now you know the Democrats want to impeach him. There's no question about it. And when they finally came up With their two charges And it might not be real charges But this is it Here they go There's the two charges last week So you figure That's it Let's go Monday They had seven hours of debate Now I don't know what That debate was It was something about Establishing the rules Uh, I would imagine uh, If uh, like we here Wanted to find out The rules of impeachment It would take five minutes We'd look it up And see what they are That's it Instead it was an eight hour debate I don't know what took so long Then the next day Trying to watch cable news. There they are again. They're talking for 15 hours. This was apparently uh, a hearing about the debate, about the rules. They were debating the final. I, I mean, they just take forever. So finally, they got it done. They voted it in. That's it. Ready to go. Now Nancy Pelosi is holding it up. She said, you know what? She might not send it over there. You're not going to send it over there. What's the holdup? Well, she wants certain demands. She wants uh, uh, demands about how they're going to do the hearings when it gets to the Senate. She wants to be able to call witnesses. Uh, Now, first of all, if you just did two weeks of hearings and you had 17 witnesses and you just produced a 400-page report— That should be it. Now, if you're saying you need more witnesses, you're admitting you didn't prove anything. You came to nothing. You have no case if you need more witnesses. But here's the demands. They want more witnesses. They have all kinds of demands. But this is what it breaks down to. She is holding up this government action until she gets her demands met. Isn't that quid pro quo? She's asking for quid pro quo until she releases this thing. (laughs) Isn't that exactly what she's accusing uh, President Trump of? Holding up something until he gets what he wants? The only thing is, uh, what he wanted was an investigation. She's trying to block and hold up an investigation to get her quid pro quo. So the whole thing is ridiculous. You're not supposed to investigate your political opponent. Uh, So they've spent two weeks investigating their political opponent, and now they're holding it up, demanding a quid pro quo. So uh, the whole thing is preposterous. She held a press conference this morning to detail this, and you know what tells you everything? She made her statement, and then she ran out of it, just ran like a thief. She uh, wouldn't take any questions, no questions at all. Now, the Republican leader came and made his statement and then said, I'll answer Any questions? And stood there for 40 minutes answering questions. So that tells you everything. Pelosi refusing to take questions. Why? Because the first question would have been, hey, you're holding this up in exchange for your demands being met. Isn't that a quid pro quo? So uh, no questions. She didn't want to answer any questions. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I guess now a couple of reasons they might want to hold this for a long time long time i mean months maybe in, even till november the reason a couple of reasons to hold it up one they can use this as an election uh, ploy a tactic saying well you know you, how could you vote for a guy who's under impeachment he's under impeachment also they are terrified that something is going to happen to ruth bader ginsburg their biggest fear is that president trump will get another supreme court appointee so if something should happen to her and he gets a chance to nominate somebody, this will be the excuse to refuse to even hear it. They'll say, we can't even begin to hear this with a president who's under impeachment. The impeachment has to be settled first, and then they'll just never settle it. So that's the problem. Now, on the other hand, if you were them, why wouldn't you do this? If you were them, what choice would you have? Now, think about it. If you're them, you've got... And they now know this. They got absolutely no chance in 2020. They haven't come up with a candidate. They got 20 candidates. Not one of them has been able to win a debate. Nobody has, they've had five debates. Nobody wins in any of these debates. At the end of every debate in history, The commentators all decide who won. And you pretty much say, well, this guy clearly was the winner. This was the winner. Five debates, 37 CNN, MSNBC commentators. They can't tell you who won. Nobody won. They keep telling you about Joe Biden. He's electable. He's the guy that can win. He hasn't won a single debate yet. They're just thrilled if he can even get through it without collapsing, without uh, fainting. Uh, So nobody has been able to win a debate. They haven't got a candidate. And they haven't got an issue. Yeah, you can mention climate change, but everybody falls asleep when you hear that. You could talk about your socialism. You could talk about your income inequality, but it doesn't register with most uh, Americans. Listen, on the uh, Twitter sphere of angry Trump haters, it's great. But with real voters, it means absolutely nothing. So they haven't got an issue. They haven't got a candidate. And. There's a historical uh, uh, formula that they can't break. No president gets thrown out after one term. It never happens, except for three times in modern history. Three times. uh, Ford, Carter, Bush Sr. It's the only cases of somebody being thrown out after one term. All three had one thing in common. A disastrous economy. The economy was so bad, they got thrown out. Also, in each case, if you study the campaigns... The person running against them never ran a negative campaign, never even mentioned them, just ran a positive, uplifting campaign. Uh, Carter did. Reagan did. Clinton did. So under historical precedent, they got no shot of winning. And that's never going to br- break that uh, that history of uh, oh, oh, you can't be a one-term president with a booming economy. It's impossible. Can't happen. So add to that no candidate and no issues. And that's it. Now, the only thing they can do is try this impeachment. You could say, what a blemish on his record. Not really. If you look at his record, the greatest economy in a million years, uh, jobs at a 51-year low. And in the next few months, jobs will be at an all-time record low. So you've got record-breaking economy, incredible success, so an impeachment on the record means nothing. It's like a guy with seven hundred home runs who looks to see how many strikeouts he had. It doesn't even matter at that point. It's a record of amazing, incredible accomplishment. Now uh, tonight is the debate. What number debate is this? I think it's six. Sixth debate. Nobody, nobody even remembers. So tonight's debate, and each debate gets less and less and less viewers. Tonight's debate is on CNN. It's at eight o'clock. It's got everything going against it. Nobody wants to see these debates. It's on the lowest rated network, CNN. And tonight's debate is run by PBS, which means PBS moderators. You ever listen to that PBS radio, that uh, NPR? They all talk like this. They all mumble. You, You think you called a phone sex line by mistake. Everybody sounds like this and they're all talking like this. So I don't even know if you'll hear the questions. Now, here's. Uh, the most amazing thing, and now, if anybody watches the debate, which probably won't happen, but if normal people watch the debate, here's what they would see. A three-hour debate where nobody asks Joe Biden about Ukraine or Hunter Biden. It's all the all the, the main issue right now in the campaign. That's what the impeachment's all about. Nobody's even going to ask Joe Biden. They won't even mention. Last two debates, did any moderator say, hey, this uh, thing with your son in the Ukraine— could you explain that? Nobody asks him. They never even bring it up. It's the major, major, major issue. It's it's the impeachment itself, all on that one question. And in the last two, three debates, no moderator thought it was uh, even relevant enough to bring up. So the whole thing is rigged. The whole thing is ridiculous. Uh, Michael Bloomberg not in tonight's debate deliberately. You have to have a certain amount of donors to be in the debate. He's deliberately not taking donations. He does not want to be in the debate because if he's in the debate, it wipes him out completely uh, because they run these commercials with an announcer that sounds very impressive. An authoritative announcer tells you he did this. He did that. He did this. But as soon as you hear him talk, it shatters the whole illusion. He's got this little pipsqueak voice with this thick. Southampton accent, and he sounds like a ridiculous Thurston Howell the third from Gilligan's Island. So he can't can't ever talk in public. The fact that he can't speak in his own commercials tells you everything you need to know. So uh, I think the guy that gets hit hard tonight is Pete Buttigieg. He's the rising star uh, in the Democratic primaries, so they're going to try to take him out. Uh, Bernie Sanders just kind of does his own thing, doesn't worry about anybody else. But Elizabeth Warren was up there and now collapsing. So watch out for her. Uh, she's like a cornered rat. She's going to attack. Uh, she'll probably try to take out Buttigieg. Uh, the thing, the problems with Buttigieg for the uh, Democrats, he's gay, which helps. That's big in the Democratic primary world. But they can't do anything about it. Normally, if a guy's got something, like he's got a great health care plan, then you copy it. So, whatever the other guy's got, you just steal it from him, but the you know Bernie Sanders can't suddenly be gay uh it doesn't you know you can't just con everybody with that, so he's got that it's uh, a good quality for the democratic primaries, and nobody can do anything about it they can't copy it they can it's a little late to try so uh the other thing he's got he's got that military experience, but it is the most tiniest. Most minor ex- military experience possible. He was uh, had a desk job on a base for two months. It's not much of a military record. It's just, it's as just tiny a military record as you could have. So, uh, and also in the democratic world, they're not big on military record. They may pretend they are, but eh, they're, they're, they're not really something they love. So you got, uh, I got all of that going on, and then you got Rudy is back, and he found out stuff, lots of stuff. Uh, normally when you get paid, how do you guys get paid? You get, uh, a check from the company. Actually, sometimes you get direct deposit it goes, they either give you a paycheck or it goes in your bank. That's it. This Hunter Biden money, uh, was, uh, converted to a loan, which went to a sub corporation in Latvia. And then it was laundered into another country. Uh, when you get paid, do you ever have that happen where they send your money to Latvia convert it to a loan? then transferred to another corporation in Croatia, and then maybe it comes to this. It's a very unusual pay system. So clearly, it, clearly, it was money laundering. So you're going to have that. That prosecutor who Biden got fired, it looks like there were two attempts to poison him some of that stuff is coming. So Rudy, at some point, will lay out his case. You know, and you uh, angry Twitter liberals can make fun of him, and he's uh, you know well, you, you think he's a clown. He's he is one of the best prosecutors ever in America with a resume that I don't no prosecutor can uh, top. Former Deputy Attorney General, former U.S. Attorney for the Southern District, successful cases against the mob, Michael Milken. Uh, I mean. It, amazing track record as a prosecutor and he's got a team of great prosecutors so don't think he didn't find a lot of stuff hey we'll take some calls in a minute 800-941-SEAN is the number uh oh you can follow me on twitter mark simone ny at twitter in fact i want you to go take a look i put up an updated list this is why he can't lose it's a list of the accomplishments of the trump administration in term one it's unbelievable uh, it's mark simone ny at twitter uh, and don't forget of course hannity.com and uh, hannity tonight fox news channel back we'll take your calls in a moment 800-941-SEAN is the number
2: if you miss one day you'll be out of the loop
3: would someone please tell me what is going on here
4: this is the sean hannity show Thank you.
0: Welcome back to the Sean Hannity Show. It's Mark Simone. Normally, I'm here on uh, 710 WOR. That's our big New York flagship station, the number one talk station in the world. Uh, and, of course, uh, great lineup. It's me and Rush and Sean, uh, among others. And uh, we got uh, lots to talk about today. Uh, we'll talk about, hey, there's something really interesting coming up. It has to do with uranium. And it's... Um, You know, when they try to make the case that Trump, President Trump is somehow trying to help Putin, this will shatter that case. Hey, let's take a call or two. Let's go to Steve in Salt Lake City. Hey, Steve.
2: Hey, how you doing? Good. Good. Uh, Quick question. Uh, So far, it's not quick, but go ahead. uh, Nancy Pelosi is willing to uh, withhold these articles of impeachment from the Senate, possibly for an indefinite period of time. Would that not? nullify her assertion that Trump is a clear and present danger to our national security? Be- Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Excellent point. There you go. Look at the uh, One week ago, this is a threat to our democracy. The whole fiber of our nation is at stake. Everything. Uh, we're taking a 10 day vacation. Oh, then you're going to do it. No, actually, now we're going to hold it up. Wouldn't you love to be in government? Everybody should go to work in government. You know, when your boss says, and I want that by uh, 5 o'clock. If you're in government, you can come in and say, yeah, we're going to have that in six months. Look at Mueller. Mueller, they give him 52 guys. Um, here's $100 million. Uh, it's still going to take me two years. Give me two years. Two years later, yeah, I need another half a year. Look at Rudy Giuliani. Look at him doing an investigation. Goes over to Ukraine. Back in six days. Here it is. Here's the report. Here's the video. Here's the documents. That's how you do things. Look at this IG. Uh, maybe maybe 2021 if I'm not busy. So, uh, hey, Steve Moore is a great economist. We've got something fascinating to talk to him about. Coming up next. Hey, welcome back. This is Mark Simone here for Sean Hannity, the president at the White House meetings all day. But he's just invited the press in and decided to speak live. Let's go to the president of the United States. Wait
2: ...for a moment and just tell us what does it feel like to be the third president in
5: U.S. history to be impeached? Well, I don't feel like I'm being impeached because uh, it's a hoax. It's a setup. It's a horrible thing they did. They happened to have a small majority and they took that small majority and they forced people. And, you know, they said, oh, I watched Pelosi out there saying, oh, no, we don't want to talk to anybody. They put the arm on everybody. They tried to get them to do what they had to do. Many of those people were like Jeff, where they didn't want to vote that way. But it doesn't feel, to me, it doesn't feel like impeachment. Last night, I said it I, I we had a great time last night the room was packed thousands of people couldn't get in Uh, A section that really is a pretty much 50 50 section in terms of Democrat Republican Uh, We had every one of those people is voting for Trump Pence Every one of them and it's Michigan an important state We brought back tremendous amounts of business tremendous car companies coming in everything else And I'll tell you I was up there and I was thinking about I actually said it It doesn't feel like impeachment and you know what it's a phony deal And they cheapen the word impeachment. It's an ugly word, but they cheapen the word impeachment. Uh, That should never again happen to another president. And I think you'll see some very interesting things happen over the coming few days and weeks. But to me, all I look at, we have the greatest economy in the history of our country. We've never done so well. Our military being rebuilt. You take a look at the tax cuts. You take a look at the regulation cuts at levels that nobody's ever seen. We're protecting our Second Amendment, which other people won't do. No, we're doing things that nobody's ever done before. Nobody's ever seen. We have the strongest economy in the history of our country, and our country is doing well. And, you know, the other thing that I really saw from yesterday that I think you people have been covering politics for a long time. You've never seen a Republican Party zero negative votes, zero. That hasn't happened almost ever because the Republicans are not necessarily known for that. We have better policy. They want open borders, the Democrats. They want sanctuary cities, a lot of bad things happen, a lot of other things they have. We're doing tremendously on health care. The individual mandate, you know, we won yesterday in Supreme Court. You saw that in uh, the appellate division. Uh, We won yesterday. Uh, Individual mandate is now gone. That's tremendous savings. That was the worst part of Obamacare. Uh, We take care of pre-existing conditions. They're not going to be able to do that. We're doing things that nobody's ever done before. And our country has never done better. So we're really happy about it. And we're really happy to have Jeff on board. And we think in 2020, based on the polls, I just saw a poll came out in USA Today yesterday where I'm beating every candidate by a lot. I guess most of you saw it. Not that USA Today is a friend of mine, because they're not, but they had a poll and it was me against their top candidates on the other side. And I'm beating everybody by a lot. And I think that's where we're going. I mean, we have the best economy and history and uh, if you remember the famous quote it's all about the economy stupid well i don't i never believed it was all about the economy but the economy is a big thing when you have 401ks where people are up 70 80 90 and even more than that percent uh they like trump and they like mike and we're gonna have a good time thank you all very much thank you Thank you thank you very much thank you very much thank you very much
6: tell us a little bit about
5: your strategy for the Senate trial? We think that uh, what they did is wrong. We think that what they did is unconstitutional. And the Senate is very, very capable. Uh, We have great senators, Republican senators. We cut your taxes. We cut your regulations. We did things that nobody else would even think about being able to do. And I think, you know, one of the things, Jeff, that we've done that nobody wants to talk about. This week, I will have signed the 172nd federal judge, including appellate judges. We'll have 182 by the end of the year. 182, it's unheard of. Now, President Obama was very nice to us. He gave us 142 empty positions. That's never happened before. But as you know, that's said to be the most important thing that a president has. I happen to think military and defense and all of is the most important thing. But this is right up there. We'll have 172 judges. We're going to have 182 by the end of the year or shortly thereafter. And it's the most incredible thing. And two Supreme Court justices, two great ones. So with all of the things we've done and we've done that with the Senate, because What's never said is that in the last election, we picked up two Senate seats. Nobody talks about that. And we couldn't focus on the House. I couldn't focus on the House. We'll be very focused on the House this time. But I couldn't, other than Andy Barr, who won against the same candidate that's now going against Mitch. And she wasn't very good against Andy Barr. And she won't be very good against Mitch McConnell. But we've had uh, tremendous success. Uh, so I'm going to let them decide what to do. That's going to be up to them. Thank you all very much. Thank you. Everybody. That's
0: the uh, president of the United States speaking live in the White House. He brought reporters in, uh, agreed to answer some questions and speak, which is very good because it means I don't have to talk for 10 minutes. <laughs> that was great. Uh, uh, y- you know. I don't know if you Democrats are watching this, watching him, studying him. I think that's the problem. You just keep reacting and acting. You know, I've known the guy for 25 years. You can't get to him. The more you come after him, the more you hit him, the more punches you hit him, the tougher he gets, the stronger he gets. You know, if you just be nice to him and create a wonderful, peaceful atmosphere, he wouldn't know what to do. That's that's the weak spot there. He's not he's a fighter. He's a counter puncher. Just hit him, and he'll hit back twice as hard. The more you hit him, the more he loves it. That's the secret of guys like that. That's how they get to be billionaires. They love trouble. It's like another chance to prove themselves. They love problems. They love battles. He is uh, a happy guy right now. I was watching CNN earlier. I think I was the only one, but I was watching it. And uh, the anchor said, the president is very worried about this impeachment. Why? I hope that being held up is greatly worried about. It. He's not the least bit worried about it. He is. Uh, if he's doing anything, he's planning right now, plotting. I hear he is planning vengeance on these people. He has one weakness that I've noticed through the years. He. He's not a ruthless guy. He's not really ruthless when it counts. You know, one thing about those Clintons, you cross them. And that's it. They will come after you. They will. uh, I'm not talking about Jeffrey Epstein. I'm just saying you you, you look at their White House years. You go after those Clintons. They will do stuff to you. They will be heartless. Uh, One thing about Donald Trump, he's just not a ruthless guy. You remember in the campaign, lock her up, lock her up. If I'm elected, I'll appoint a special counsel to look into your situation. Then he gets into office and he becomes he's a little too nice about it. So I think after this impeachment thing is settled. I think then it's going to change a little. I think you'll see some special prosecutors appointed. Let's look into Hillary Clinton. Let's put a special prosecutor on Joe Biden. Was he monetizing his office? What was this kid doing running around the world collecting all this money? None of this Biden story makes any sense. You know, he's got a brother who got a $1.5 billion contract to build houses in Iraq. It's a guy who's never built anything. He gets this contract. Look at that story about China where he he flies over there with Vice President Joe Biden, who's there on official business as the point man in charge of China. His son Hunter is on the plane. You know what it is to fly to China? It's like a 20-hour flight. You don't think during the 20 hours he ever said to his son, Whoa, what are you doing on this trip? Oh, you're coming with me? What are you going to do over there? Now, he goes to meet with the Chinese officials who never put money into American hedge funds. And suddenly they give him a billion dollars for his hedge fund. And he's not exactly ax on billions. He's not a guy who knows anything about a hedge fund. They give him a billion dollars. And Biden says he didn't know about it. He didn't know about it. Now, they're flying back from China. It's a 20 hour flight. If you got a billion dollars, if anybody ever gave you a billion dollars and then you're on a plane with your father for 20 hours, you're not going to mention this. How was your What'd you do on the trip? How was your trip? (laughs) You don't mention, by the way, I got a billion (laughs) dollars. If you were outside and you just saw a $100 bill on the sidewalk and you picked it up, you'd be telling people for three days, I found $100 in the street. You get a billion dollars. You don't mention it to your father. He needs to be investigated. Special counsel on Joe Biden. This is too much going on. You know, The son is getting a no-show job in the Ukraine. You know, And he says he never discussed it with his son. If your son said to you, hey, I just got a job in the Ukraine, <laughs> wouldn't you say to him, the Ukraine you don't speak Ukrainian what do you mean are you going to be going over there what are you going to be doing and if he said to you it's a big oil company just put me on the board of directors you don't think you'd say you're not in the oil you don't know anything about who believes any of this when he says I didn't even talk to him I didn't discuss it with him he did once say in an interview he said I said to him well I hope you know what you're doing you wouldn't say to him Ukraine that's funny because I was put in charge of the Ukraine by the president (laughs) He wouldn't. Now, look at this kid. This kid uh, has a drug problem. He gets thrown out of the military for drugs. Uh, he gets pulled over by the cops one day. They find a crack pipe, multiple uh, driver's licenses, and a badge. He leaves his wife for his brother's widow. He uh, Another time he meets this stripper, literally a stripper in L.A. He marries her after a few weeks. Joe Biden didn't even come to the wedding, by the way. What am I forgetting? There's like 16 other of these things. There's the other stripper. There's another baby, and there's another baby mama. You know what this guy goes through on Father's Day? It's so confusing. It's got just the cost of postage. Uh, anyway, it's a big problem. So he's got this the most messed up kid in the world. How would he ever get a job? This kid was on the board of directors of Amtrak. He was on the board of directors of MasterCard. He was on the board of directors of this oil company in the Ukraine. Now, in a massive coincidence, what do all these things have in common? They were all being regulated by Joe Biden at the time. This doesn't call for a special prosecutor. You know, there are some people, even with no track record, they're they're just great in a job interview. They can go get any job. You You know people like that. They always seem to be able to get a job. But who goes to a new company? And the entry level job they get, the first job they get is board of directors. I'm t- <laughs> three times he goes to a company he's never been before. Go, go to a job interview. Hey, how about here at iHeart? Uh, well, what are you looking for? Well, I'd like to be on the board of directors. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that's a, where they start you. You got to start somewhere else. So this. Has got to be looked into. And when Biden gives you that little uh, dirty cop kind of look, like, oh, well, uh, yeah, I don't know anything about it. And when these debate moderators watch tonight, they won't even ask him about it. Never ask him to explain any of this. Absolutely ridiculous. Hey, we'll take some calls in a minute. 1 800 941 Sean is the number. 1 800 941 Sean's. Mark Simone here for Sean. Hey, follow me on Instagram too. A lot of good pictures up there. Mark Simone NYC at Instagram. Mark Simone NYC at Instagram. And don't forget Hannity tonight, 9 o'clock, Fox News Channel. We'll take your calls in just a moment. Welcome back to the Sean Hannity Show. It's Mark Simone here for Sean. You know, I just gave out my Instagram, told people to follow me. So all of a sudden you pick up like a million followers. So you know what's interesting about Instagram? It shows you who just started following you so you can click on their Instagram and look at them. It's it, it, it's the nicest looking people, classy, uh, high-end looking audience. That's one thing. If you're an advertiser listen to this, you should s- try that on an FM music station and see if you get a nice, classy-looking bunch of people like that. They're business owners, very successful people. You can just look at their Instagram and see right away what kind of audience you have. It is a very useful thing. So uh, we'll take some calls to 800 941 Sean is the number. Uh who should we go to? Let's go to uh number three, Dayton, Ohio. Dale, welcome to the Sean Hannity show.
4: Hey Mark, thanks for taking my calls. Pleasure to talk to you.
0: Well, how do you know? Uh, you haven't even talked yet. Well, I might I'm make fun of you. I might hang up on you. You don't know yet. It's gonna be a I, pleasure. I don't think you will. No. Um anyway, we gotta go. But no,
3: I'm okay. kidding. I'm kidding,
4: I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. I've got two comments I'd like to make. One, um, Trump has kept up every promise that he's made since he's been elected. What other politician in the swamp have you ever seen do that? I think he should win hands down just on that alone. Yeah. Uh, The other thing I'll say, and then I'll get off here and let you reply, is they have to spin this for what they want it to be because they can't tell it, say it the way it is. He's actually investigating corruption into the prior administration.
0: What do you What's mean? What's your thoughts? Oh, you mean the well, Hunter Biden stuff? Yeah.
4: That's yeah. A, that's... Um, you know, Joe Biden's not his political rival as much as he's a part of the political or the previous administration being corrupt.
0: Yeah. No, that's a very good point. You know, uh, uh, yeah, you know, you were getting a point there. Obama is getting off the hook on this. He put Joe Biden in charge of two things, Ukraine and China. And why wasn't he keeping an eye on this? You know, um, who was it? One of their nominees or something was going to an Obama nominee was going to go before a Senate for confirmation. And she was warned in the briefing. You might get questions about Hunter Biden. Here's what we advise you to say. So by doing that, they're proving they were well aware of the problem. Why didn't they call in Joe Biden and clean it up? Why didn't they tell him, hey, what the hell is your kid doing? I got to stop calling him the kid, by the way. He's like 52 years old. I mean, he's not a kid. But uh, why didn't they call him in and say, hey, this doesn't look good. Every time we put you in charge of something, your son is suddenly on the board of directors of it. This is not good. Total corruption. And they're looking at Donald Trump for quid pro quo. He was investigating quid pro quo. That was the whole point of the investigation. Hey, there's something really interesting going on for the second term. We'll talk about it next. Well, it's the Sean Hannity Show. This is Mark Simone here for Sean. Normally, I'm on 710 WOR, the big flagship station here in New York, the number one talk station in America. Uh, Sean is on vacation. Uh, I'll be here today uh, with us right now. Uh, one of the three great economists in America, which would be Art Laffer, Larry Kudlow, Steve Moore. Yeah, might throw Steve Forbes in that group, too. But these three guys uh, helped the president put together this incredible tax plan. They've also got a great book called Trumponomics, which you should read. Uh, it'll, you'll learn a lot from that book. Steve Moore, how you doing?
1: Hi, Mark. Never better. Merry Christmas. This is like the greatest Christmas ever with a booming economy and more jobs than uh, people to fill them, rising wages. It's just such a beautiful picture and, uh, you know, makes you proud to be an American. And, you know, I'm really proud that I work with Larry Kundo and our laugher and, and we helped in a little way to put this great economic agenda forward. I mean, I, you know, I just saw the president, by the way, on Tuesday. Uh, Arthur and I were in the White House with uh, with Trump for uh you know, about 20 minutes. And and I just said to the president, I said, Mr. President, this stuff is working out better than I thought it would. <laughs> he just smiled and said, you ain't seen nothing yet. So hey, yeah. What,
0: great. Uh, best job numbers in 51 years. But I heard him say the other day, but pretty soon we'll have the best ever. What, what does that mean? You, have, what, you got more up your sleeve there?
1: Well, I think he may be looking at the, you know, we're, we're in, that, in a week or two, we'll get the, the, the new numbers that come out each month and, and they're looking good. I mean, we're seeing, you know we see the unemployment insurance claims numbers that come in and and they're at an all-time low and by the way my favorite statistic Uh, Mark, uh, is one that uh, I wrote about in the Wall Street Journal a few weeks ago, and now Trump uses it in every speech he gives, including yesterday in Michigan, that the average median income in the United States for middle-class families is up $5,250 since Donald Trump became president. That compares with $1,100 increase in eight years under Barack Obama.
0: Wow. Now, you know, under your uh, tax plan, the middle class, uh, everybody that needed a tax break got a big tax break. But, you know, if uh, one rich guy gets a penny of a tax break then democrats scream it's tax cuts for the rich but that was not the case with this plan was it
1: no you're you're right about that by the way i'm so tired of people like elizabeth warren and, and bernie sanders you know saying rich are freeloaders and evil people i mean the, the most of the, the most of the people who got rich in this country got rich because they you know they uh shared an American dream and they built a business and they employed people and they, uh, you know, made America more competitive. And I, I don't understand why we want to look at people like Fred Smith at FedEx and, you know, people like Zuckerberg who built Facebook or, you know, Bernie Marcus who built Home Depot and say that they're evil people. Think of the hundreds and hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people that have employed by these businesses. And the number of people have gotten rich because, uh you know bill gates uh created microsoft i mean mark why do we villainize these people as if they're some kind of uh heretics when they're actually the heroes of the american economy
0: yeah you know these guys like jeff bezos they weren't born into some royal aristocracy they're just guys with no money went in their garage and started a business you want to be jeff bezos it's open to the public anybody can do it
1: well steve jobs did it you know uh uh you know uh, bill gates did it they i don't think either of those guys graduated from college <laughs> yeah you know and then they built two of the greatest businesses and so uh you know i i'm just tired of that you know if you achieve the american dream and you become rich and everybody listening to this show i bet you know wants to be rich someday some people listening to this show are rich but the idea that if your ship comes in in America, the government's going to – I think Nancy Pelosi, I mean, Nancy Pelosi and Elizabeth Warren are talking about 70% tax rates. Can you imagine the government <laughs> taking 70 or 80% of your money away from you?
0: Hey, every time you do these great tax cuts, the economy booms. Every time you do those high taxes, the economy collapses. I mean, it's just a matter of record. How come – I mean, do Democrats just refuse to see that?
1: Well, first of all, you reminded me of an important thing I want to – you know, alert your listeners about, because this is so important. You know, if you listen to the Democrat debate in, and, the, you know, why do we have a trillion dollar deficit? It's because of Trump tax cuts. That's the reason we have these deficits. And so I looked at the numbers, Mark, they just came out a few weeks ago for 2019, because the fiscal year ended in uh, on September 30th. So we have the official numbers. You're not going to believe this, Mark, but even with our tax cut, you know, one of the largest tax cuts in American history, federal revenues into the U.S. Treasury were higher in 2019 than any other year in American history. Now, Mark, does that does that make it sound like we have a revenue problem? No, <laughs> <laughs> we have an overspending problem. We don't have a revenue problem in Washington.
0: Uh, hey, Steve Moore, I want to ask you about this. We were talking about this this morning. The president is now talking about going after uranium, digging up uranium. Oh yeah, uh, this is really important, uh, and it's an issue nobody in the public is talking about. But explain why we want to do this.
1: Because you know, it, you go back thirty years ago, uh, thirty or so years ago, the 1980s. The United States was the number one mining country in the world. We produced copper, we produced silver, and we produced, co- uh, you know, uh, we produced um, coal and we produced uranium. And what has happened in the ensuing 30 years is because of radical uh, regulations and and, uh, and uh, other kinds of um, you know prohibitions against mining. We now are importing about 80 to 90% of our important strategic and critical minerals. I mean, it's absurd because we have more of this stuff than any other country, and you look at what they've done to the coal industry. Well, one of those strategic minerals is uranium. Now, people might ask, well, what do we need uranium for? You need uranium if you want nuclear power plants and nuclear energy, and we also need – you know, uranium for our nuclear submarines and our national defense. And you're not going to believe this, Mark. You know what country we we, we now um, import about 95% of our uranium. And you know what's the number one country we get the uranium from? Where? Russia. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, is that ridiculous? I mean, that's the stupidest thing. I mean, you know, we get our uranium from Vladimir Putin. Now, Mark, do you think he's a reliable source? Not
0: in an emergency. Not in wartime. No.
1: <laughs> and by the way, another country we get our uranium from is China, and another one when we get some of these, you know, Eastern European countries, they are not reliable. And by the way, they have no, uh, you know, environmental standards whatsoever. So we're just moving the mining out of the United States into these other countries, uh, and then it makes us vulnerable from a national security standpoint. It makes us. It hurts our economy. We could have the miners and then the industry here, and so Donald Trump. It's got the right, uh, you know, framework on his. He wants to rebuild our mining industry in the United States and, uh, and uh, we could rebuild our uranium industry. He's all in, by the way, for coal as well and for other mining. And Think about the tens and hundreds of thousands of jobs we could create if this stuff were, uh, were uh, produced here in the good old U.S. of A. Uh, and in the Western states, this is a big deal. States like Utah and Montana and Colorado and Wyoming, it would be huge.
0: It would be a massive blow to Putin, though, since he depends uh, on selling uranium for his economy. We already uh, became energy independent, which hurt his oil business. So this president has really done some damage to Putin.
1: This is a great point you make, Mark. You know, you and I are old enough to remember. Remember the 70s and early 80s? You know, we were the the OPEC countries, uh, uh, you know, have had their knives right at our throat. And they could throw the American economy into a recession by, you know, influencing the price of oil. Uh, And we remember that happening in the 70s many times. Well, thank God that we have the shale oil and gas revolution because we're now the number one producer of oil and gas in the world. Well, what I'm saying and what Donald Trump is saying, hey, we could be the number one producer of minerals. We have six trillion, six trillion dollars worth of mineral resources in this country. And yet we're importing the minerals. I mean, you just can't make this stuff up. How stupid it is.
0: So you you make us energy independent. And to get that stuff out of the ground, I imagine you'd have to create a lot of jobs to do that.
1: Oh my gosh. We're talking about tens and tens of thousands of, of, uh, of, of mining jobs and uh, trucking jobs and, and, you know, blue collar, you know, good paying jobs, just like, you know, in the energy industry, by the way, it's an amazing uh, mark. If you look at the top four uh, presidential candidates on, on the democratic side, all four of them want to end shale, oil, and gas. They want to they, they've said that they said the first thing I'm going to do president is stop fracking and shale oil and gas and we have literally at least eight hundred thousand Americans are employed in that industry in Ohio in Pennsylvania and New Mexico and Colorado North Dakota and and what you want to the only person who would like that policy is Vladimir Putin
0: yeah also uh, we've got to get a, a more nuclear power going every other country has much more yeah you know, France, countries like that, 50, 60% nuclear power. We're like at 5%. Nuclear power is the cleanest fuel. The only argument against it, what about the nuclear waste? The technology now makes that waste totally safe. There's no problem anymore. So why don't we do it? Is it just PC politicians won't
1: allow it? So there's two forms of energy that are really good for the environment. If you you care about you know, climate change. You would think the left would be all in for these two forms of energy. One of them is the one that you just mentioned, nuclear power. But by the way, nuclear power emits no greenhouse gases whatsoever, and, and the other clean source of energy is natural gas. And and the left is against both of those. <laughs> and so these are the people who, you know, they say that they want to end climate change. And so you're so right. We should we should be building more nuclear power plants in this country. Uh, it makes it's a cheap and abundant form of energy in this country, it, and and then we should also expand our natural gas production. And you know the country in the world today, Mark, that has the lowest cost energy is the good old U.S. of A. And by the way, we are now, ladies and gentlemen, thanks to Donald J. Trump, and an exporter of oil and gas, not an importer. I don't think that's happened any other time in 40 years.
0: Yeah and we're finally totally energy independent right now. So
1: Amazing. Uh, and, and the liberals say shut it down, shut it down. Yeah. No more, you know, production in Ohio and Pennsylvania and Texas. I mean, as I said you know, the only people would like that is the oil sheiks and, and Saudi Arabia and Putin and, 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 and the terrorists, right?
0: Uh, hey, one more thing. I'm watching that crazy CNBC the other day, and all day long they have these experts on saying you can't win a trade war. It's impossible. You can't win a trade war. You can't win a trade war. <laughs> this is the same day China's agreeing to round one. You're winning ah. a trade war as they're saying this on the air.
1: This guy, what Donald Trump has done, I'm, I have to say, I was a big supporter of her in 2016, but he has so far exceeded even my expectations. Mark, you've known Trump a lot longer than I have. But, I mean, this guy just pulls rabbits out of a hat. And this trade deal with China, is I didn't think he could get a deal this good, and it's just phase one. But they, I taught, heard Larry Kudlow uh, yesterday saying that uh, if the Chinese abide by this deal, and that's a big if yes, because these guys lie and cheat, but if they do, this will double This will double America's exports to China. Think you want to talk about jobs? Come on.
0: Wow. Well, Steve Moore, thanks on behalf of all of us. You've saved us a fortune. (laughs) You've created jobs. Steve Moore, uh, Art Laffer and Larry Kudlow. And get the book, Trumponomics. It's a great book. Steve Moore, thanks for being with us.
1: OK, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to everybody.
0: All right. It's a great book. You can read Steve Moore, uh, Heritage.org and all of that. It's Mark Simone here for... Sean Hannity, our friend Joe Concha, uh, we're both on WOR seven ten in New York. Uh, he'll be here a little later on. Lots to uh, get to. We'll take your calls one 941 Sean is the number. Uh, follow me on Twitter Mark Simone NY at Twitter, and of course watch Hannity tonight nine o'clock on the Fox News Channel. Hey, welcome back to the uh, Sean Hannity Show. It's Mark Simone here for Sean uh, today uh, at the White House. President Trump had Congressman Jeff Van Drew there in the Oval Office. This is the congressman who's converting. He was uh, has been a Democrat, and he's going to switch to become a Republican. So he is being attacked and trashed all over Twitter, all over those cable networks, all over the fake news. They are trashing this Jeff Van Drew. Now, let's say he had converted— He's a man. Let's say he said, I'm going to convert, become a woman. He would be praised. He would be a hero saying, this is wonderful. You must respect his decision. You have to respect his choices. But because he said he's a Republican, becoming a Republican, this is terrible. He's uh, disgusting. He's, well, what happened to uh, respect his decision, respect his choice? You remember that uh, Caitlin? uh, uh, Jenner interview on ABC. Uh, I was following, I was watching it on TV live and I was watching on Twitter and they were, everybody was tweeting, what a hero, his bravery, his courage, what a great person, what a, uh, we admire him. We had, uh, and then at the end of the interview when, uh, who was it, Diane Sawyer, whoever said, uh, you're a Republican, right? Yes, I am. I actually support the president. All of a sudden, Twitter blew up. This is the most disgusting human being. We've got to pick at him, protest him. Uh, so uh, if you really believe in uh, choice, freedom of uh, choice, freedom of belief, it's OK to be a Republican. It's OK to be a Trump supporter. You don't like him? Come up with a great candidate. Come up with some winning issues. Come up with something, and uh, go beat him at the box at the. I was going to say the box office. Beat him at the at the polls. Uh, You know, and if you can't do that, if you can't come up, you tried and tried. You got twenty different candidates. You can't come up with one that's going to win. You can't find an issue that catches on. You could try to impeach him, but come up with a real charge. You haven't got any charges. Remember they're in the hearings, bribery. We also heard the word bribery 16,000 times. Then uh, I guess privately they met with the real lawyers, the real experts, and they told them, you don't have a bribery case here. There's nothing here. So you could try obstruction of justice. That's a crime. That's what people get impeached for, obstruction of justice. But apparently they were told, "Eh, you can't make that case either. So the charge became Obstruction of Congress. That's not even a crime. That's not illegal. Obstruction of Congress is perfectly normal. You can obstruct Congress all you want. Obama did it all the time. Remember when uh, uh, Eric Holder defied the subpoena, wouldn't show up, wouldn't testify. Lois Lerner wouldn't testify. They were then held in contempt of Congress. That's it. There's nothing you can do about it. It's not a crime. A president is actually supposed to obstruct Congress at times. Sometimes they pass a bill. He vetoes it. He kills their bill. He's obstructing them. Sometimes they uh, come up with some spending plan. He kills it. He blocks it. You're supposed to obstruct each other now and then. Sometimes he comes up with something and they vote it down. That's the idea. Obstruction of Congress is not a, a, a crime. It's not even a real charge. What about abuse of power? I didn't even know what that, but what is that? It's, it's just a vague term. It sounds bad, but it's not a crime. It's not anything in particular. Hey, when we come back, our friend Joe Concha will be with us next. It's Mark Simone here for Sean Hannity. Welcome back. It's Mark Simone here for Sean Hannity. Joe Concha, of course, you see him uh, all over the Fox News channel. And he now has his own radio show on our big uh, flagship station, WOR710 in New York. Joe Concha, how you doing? I'm doing
7: great. I look at my lead in. I got Simone, I got Rush, I got Hannity, and now I got Simone twice today. There you to go. go. Through the roof.
0: And of course, you can read his columns in The Hill. Now, sometimes they give you something to talk to the guest about. This is an article about Jeffrey Tubin. I can't think of anything more painful than have to, having to discuss Jeffrey Tubin. You know, a couple of times I had to interview him, he was the guest. I dozed off three or four times. It was the mo- there's nobody more boring than Jeffrey Tubin. Why is this guy all over CNN now?
7: He's like the Swiss Army knife of cable news pundits, right? At first, he was a legal analyst cuz he was involved with the old OJ thing and in terms of he wrote a book about it and that got him on the cable news map. Now, he comments almost on everything including political matters. So, he was on earlier this week, Mark, talking about a new CNN poll that just came out that showed that among Democrats, support for impeachment had dropped 13 points, a huge drop. And he says, I don't believe that poll for one second. So then the pollster says, well, what part didn't you believe? He says the 90 to 77% part. In other words, 90% of Democrats supported impeachment (laughs) went down to 77%. He said, you know what? It's just, I don't believe it. It makes no sense that we'd have a number like that. And then he ends up saying at the end of it, you know what? I don't believe it because I say so. It's impossible. That poll conducted by the network that I appear on is not accurate. It, it's just it was really awkward to watch quite
0: well frankly. in his defense. He's one of these uh, eastern establishment guys that lives in the bubble. He goes to his little uh, Upper West Side dinner parties. Those are the only people he ever talks to media people never been out in the country, never met any of the actual public. He has no idea what they think. Everybody at his little dinner party all is for impeachment. That's his uh, poll.
7: You know what, Mark, I think you hit the nail on the head there in terms of like a bigger problem with media, right? Because everybody in political national media is either located in New York, where President Trump got, I think, 9% of the vote in Manhattan, or in Washington, D.C., where he got 4% 4% of the vote. So when you're in that bubble, you're going to conform to the hive and you miss the story that's going on out in Ohio, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Michigan, where elections are decided. So when you stay in that bubble, you don't understand what the sentiment of the public is. So when impeachment is going firmly against Democrats and in support of President Trump, among independents, it's even dropping among Democrats, Republicans have always been solidly behind the president. And then you see a poll from your own network that says, this is what's You say you don't believe it, of course, because you literally do not leave this bubble where you are around other people that think the same exact way you do in an echo chamber.
0: Yeah, they have no idea. You know, Roger Ailes used to give a test when he was hiring people, and he'd say, uh, uh, what do do people do on a Friday night? And uh, a reporter would say, well, I like to go to the Upper East Side to this Italian restaurant. I like to go to the meatpacking district. And then he'd say— most people go to the Olive Garden on Friday night. They go to uh, the Cheesecake Factory and the person would say, I, I've never heard of these places. What are they? So <laughs>
7: <laughs> I'm an Arby's guy myself. But yeah, Roger Ailes had a great line one time and he said, uh, you know, I think I found my niche audience when he's creating Fox News. Half the country. and That's why Fox <laughs> does so well. It has half the country. And then you have CNN made this decision to go from left to center to completely left and compete with MSNBC for the same audience. The other 50%, they end up getting like 20% of that How? Is that a good business model? I I don't quite understand why they've jumped so far to the left as as they have since President Trump became a politician back in 2015.
0: You you know, uh, and nobody remembers this. If you go back to 2004, 2005, CNN was pretty good. It had Lou Dobbs every night at 7 o'clock. He had the number one show. It was a really great network. So since they've done this. Mark
7: Shaw was great, I thought.
0: Yeah, they had great stuff. Since they've done this, the ratings have gone way down. Wouldn't you think the parent company would, uh, Time Warner, now it's AT&T, wouldn't you think they'd look at it and say, why are you doing this? It's not working.
7: Yeah, I wonder if they just don't want to get involved with the whole editorial thing. They they don't want to meddle, but then again, you know, they have to answer to stockholders, right? And yeah, you would think at some point somebody would step in and say, look, whatever it is that you're doing (laughs) clearly is not working. It's like a baseball team. You know, you're finishing in last place in CNN's case. You're finishing in a distant third every night. And we have all these resources. We've been around twice as long. Remember, CNN came along, Mark, in 1980. Fox and MSNBC didn't come on the map until 1996. So We have this big head start. We're in all the airports, all all these advantages. And how are we still coming in third? And I I think the reason is because they keep insisting they're the objective down the middle network. And anybody who's remotely objective watches and sees the Chris Cuomos and Don Lemons and Anderson Coopers at night and say, no, these guys aren't anchors. They're as partisan as Chris Hayes and Rachel Maddow and Lawrence O'Donnell. Except the other three that I just mentioned, Hayes, Maddow, and O'Donnell, are wear who they are in their sleeve while CNN keeps insisting to you that they're the ones who are just trying to seek truth and are objective and are down the middle and insults everybody's intelligence, quite frankly. Yeah.
0: And getting back to this Jeffrey Toobin, have you ever been with him?
7: It's, oh, it's painful. I've been at CNN when I used to go on the network a couple of years ago before it made its its uh, quick turn to the left. Uh, so I've talked to him a couple times in green rooms, but I've never actually gone to dinner or anything like that with him. Again, I'm an Arby's guy.
0: Yeah, I mean, this guy wouldn't be the life of the party in a in a coma ward. I mean, he is one dull guy. <laughs> I that could be part of the problem, perhaps. I mean, wh- You know, when you mentioned CNN, that's the one thing they can brag about. We're on every airport, every TV in every airport. Uh, has anybody pointed out that they pay for that? That's a service you pay for that has the franchise on all those TVs. Yeah,
7: but I never really can hear it when I'm in an airport anyway, so it's just kind of in the background. I, I don't think it really means anything one way or another, but it will be interesting when we go into 2020 now and the fact that, Mark, we saw for two years the Russia collusion narrative being pushed by the media on reckless speculation, on nefarious sources. Mueller report comes out, which is basically the Bible, right? We we're all told away from the Mueller report, and we did, and then we saw no collusion. So now the media, political media, is wondering, we don't understand why when we're Talking about impeachment every minute of every day, it's almost all negative towards the president. Why are poll numbers going in his direction? And the reason is because people don't trust the messenger anymore because they were told there was going to be Russia collusion for two years. That doesn't happen. Then we get this bad sequel with Ukraine. And that's why impeachment... Yeah, a president got impeached yesterday, almost no one, regular people like you talked about are really talking about it because it's like, yeah, okay, we know it's political theater. We know not one Republican voted for it, and almost every Democrat did, so everybody sees it for the show that it is, and now Pelosi's in real trouble. If she thinks she's going to hold on to the articles and not <laughs> give it to the Senate, the longer you make this go on, the longer impeachment goes on. Believe me, it's better for President Trump, not worse, because it shows that Democrats aren't doing anything to make anybody's lives better. Instead, they're just concentrating on Extending this show where everybody knows what the ending eventually will be anyway, and that's President Trump getting acquitted in the Senate and Democrats not being able to point to a single one single achievement that they've had
0: since they took over the House in 2018. Hey, Joe Concha, tonight is another debate. I think it's the sixth debate they never have. Yep. Nobody ever wins the debate. No, you know it's just. Isn't the DNC making a mistake? Shouldn't they cancel these until next year? Is this isn't it hurting them to have these boring debates?
7: you yeah, to do it now, there's going to be a lot of fatigue right around impeachment and everything like that. So there was a debate tonight, and yet you just reminded me of that, and I literally report on media. So yeah, it's, it's going to be the lowest-watched debate probably. They may get maybe 5 million, maybe 4 million people. When you compare that to President Trump's first debate in 2015, got 25 million, just, just you know, kind of to compare apples and oranges. Or even this year, the first Democratic debate got 18 million people watching. And now they've lost basically about 70% of their audience because they're on networks where none of the moderators are actually challenging these candidates on big issues that matter to people. And they circle back to climate change and they circle back to all these social issues, but they don't talk about the real meat that gets people elected. The stuff that President Trump talked about when he was a candidate. Trade, immigration, economy. you got to press those things. Or even China. Can I hear a question about China? Because I'm pretty sure they're a pretty big threat. So all of those things need to be broached, and these people really need to distinguish themselves from each other, but they can't because the questions are all softballs, and therefore no one wins when it's all just a, more of a showcase than it is an actual debate. You know what I mean?
0: You're also, these moderators are hurting Biden badly because they The idea of these 10 uh, primary debates, you're supposed to ask Biden about Hunter Biden. You're supposed to ask him about the Ukraine. Hit him hard so he develops a really good answer to it. it. Now, the way it's working now, the first time he ever gets hit with it by Donald Trump, he won't know what to say
7: ask Biden about how he's gotten so many foreign policy things wrong since <laughs> while he was vice president. You can ask him about the Hunter Biden thing. I think that's fair gain. Absolutely. But also ask him about his record. This a big one to look at when he was in the Senate and when he was eight years as vice president. And again, I want to know, okay, the economy is going so well right now. Almost everybody will agree with that. Wages are way up. We're almost at full employment. Growth is good. Everything is going very well. What, Why would you change what we're doing right now, and what would you change? And if that means higher taxes to pay for all the social programs you want to implement, then what does that mean – for every family, in terms of a tax hike, like is that an unfair question? I don't think it is, and we're never going to hear it because these moderators are petrified to ask them because they know the audience. It's going to be on CNN tonight, and PBS will—they'll they'll, basically the apocalypse will be on us, and there'll be people with uh, you know pitchforks at the door
0: if that happens. Yeah. Hey, uh, Joe Concha would you agree with me that outside of Manhattan, uh, Michael Bloomberg will not get a single vote with his little Thurston Howell the Third voice? You know, it's funny, Mark. He had a tweet out before where he introduced
7: his new um, health care plan, oh, right? Yeah. So here you have a major candidate, okay, who has all this money, spending all this money on ads and so on. And then I look at the number of retweets that a guy who's basically polling fifth right now in the presidential race got for this plan, okay, in terms of, okay, here's my health care plan. I'm looking at it right now. 62 retweets. 62! That's it! I get that when I throw out a picture of, of my kids <laughs> on a sleigh for Santa Claus. I mean, I honestly, 62 retweets? President Trump sends out a tweet, and you'll see 20,000, 30,000 retweets. So that's Mike Bloomberg's problem, man. He's just not electrifying. He doesn't inspire and... I I think you're right. I think he's not going to get too many votes outside of the major cities.
0: No, you and I have more Twitter followers than he does. And that's without without fifty eight billion (laughs) dollars. Wow. That's impressive, huh? Yeah. Well, uh, you can listen to Joe Concha uh, here in New York on our flagship station, 710 WOR. You can read him in the Hill. And of course, you can see him all over uh, the Fox News channel. And uh, Joe Concha, thanks for being with us. Mark, a pleasure. All right. Take care. Uh, and by the way, you can follow me on Twitter. It's Mark Simone NY at Twitter. Uh, one of the things you want to look for there, it's the updated list of President Trump's accomplishments. It's amazing. When you got a Trump hater, send this to them. It's an amazing list of accomplishments in just three years. It's Mark Simone NY at Twitter. And uh, don't forget, to watch uh, Hannity tonight, nine o'clock on the Fox News Channel. Hey, welcome back. It's the Sean Hannity Show. Mark Simone here for Sean. And we have all the different networks up on all the different TV screens here on the CNN one. They are counting down the seconds to tonight's debate. Ooh, look at this. We're getting closer. I I can feel the excitement building up. Uh... It, it, it's a mistake It's a big mistake If you got something that's bombing Take it off the air Fix it Retool it These debates Nobody's watching We want And by having these bad moderators Ask softball questions There's no reason to watch If they were going to ask Biden About Hunter Biden Hey, what's going on there in the Ukraine With you and Hunter Biden I'd be watching uh, Ask him If you ask him great questions Hey, it's pretty obvious Obama doesn't like you <laughs> You know Whenever they ask him, "Well, how come he hasn't endorsed you?" He actually says, "And how does he get away with this? Why isn't he confronted?" He actually says, "Well, I uh, I asked him not to. I asked him not to endorse me." What? This guy is endorsement crazy. Remember when he got the endorsement of the fire department union? He was talking about that for two days. The firefighters union endorsed him. You remember two weeks ago when John Kerry endorsed him? He went around for three days yelling about how John Kerry had endorsed him. He's got to be the most meaningless endorsement in the world. He couldn't stop talking about it. We're supposed to believe that he got on the phone with former President Barack Obama and said, look, I appreciate it, but don't do it. I really don't need it. (laughs) Now, the only lie you could tell. You could lie and say, well, you know, he told me he's not uh, he doesn't want to be endorsing anybody right now. Not true. He's endorsing people all the time. They just had the race in Canada for the new uh, prime minister. He made an endorsement in that one. It's pretty obvious, (laughs) pretty clear. He doesn't like this guy. I think for a few reasons. I think he always thought he was a bit of a bumbling idiot. He never used him for much of anything in the White House. Remember, the reason... Uh, he got the vice presidency. Was the Obama was very new. He was a young rookie. He needed an old, old Washington hand, the guy who was really well-established on uh, Capitol Hill. Remember when uh, George W. Bush was running? They, that's why they took Cheney. You know, he seemed too young, too inexperienced, no Washington inside knowledge. So he took the old veteran. He'll be the guy that helps him get stuff passed. So that's what Biden was for. Uh, remember what he did in the actual White House? I think it was like once every three weeks, weeks they would have lunch that was that's all the guy was good for lunch and from what i understand it was a very quick lunch it was a 30 minute lunch it wasn't a, a two-hour lunch 30 minutes and that's it and you remember he put him in charge of the ukraine that's because he just sent him over there it was a mess over there let him let him worry about that so it's pretty obvious uh, barack obama is telling you <laughs> Don't vote for him. Pick somebody else. Tonight's the big debate. Hey, coming up in the next hour, uh, we'll get to uh, the crazy Hollywood uh, people, the Trump derangement syndrome crowd. We'll get to all of that. Uh, Hey, follow me on uh, Instagram. It's Mark Simone NYC at Instagram. Back. One more hour to go.
6: fighting Donald Trump and his many, many impeachable offenses. And I'm not tired of tr- speaking truth to power. I will never tire of that. But I am so tired of being lied to by a president. And I'm, I'm tired that the entire down Republican Party thinks that we are all stupid. I mean, this has committed... Obstruction of justice, abuse of power, bribery, obstruction of Congress, and the American people know this. Yeah. And we also know the Republicans are picking party over country. I do, I do. So when the Republicans mention Vice President Biden's son, or when they attack the whistleblower, or question the patriotism and motivation of Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, assaulting who earned a purple heart in the service of our nation they think that we are all so stupid that we'll believe them well guess what we see right
0: Now, why don't you take an Aspen and go lie down for a while? What is, you know, I, I've been such a big Trump supporter. But after hearing that, I'm converting. I'm becoming a Democrat. That was so persuasive. Uh, hey, uh, Chris Hahn is a great talk show host. Of course, he's a regular guest on this program and uh, on the Fox News channel. Chris Hahn, how you doing?
2: I'm doing good, Mark. Merry yeah. Christmas. Happy holidays. I should point out, this is
0: Mark Simone here for Sean Hannity. He's off today. I forgot to say that. Um, So uh, that Alyssa Milano, uh, you don't think that's helping anybody, do you? Look,
2: I I think conservatives (laughs) are pounding their chest saying, this is going to help the president. (laughs) What they forget is that they voted not to impeach a guy who we all know is a slow-moving train wreck that we see every single day do something that pisses off more Americans than helps him. I mean, even last night he has to talk about dishwashers and he's insulting every woman in America saying, I heard from the women that the dishwashers don't work. I don't know what women he's talking to. My dishwasher works really well. Uh, so it is it is it is insane to think that this is going to help him. Remember, there's going to be about 700 more scandals between now and uh, the presidential election. And today all the Republicans in the House of Representatives have voted to just look the other way on something that was clearly bad behavior. Look, I could have accepted them saying to me, Mark, that uh, what the president did was, uh, was, was not right. He shouldn't have done it, but I'm not going to remove him for it. I, I could get that argument, but what they said was, he's just like Jesus Christ. Trust me, he's not like Jesus Christ, and he is not without sin and there are lots of stones to be thrown his way.
0: Well, I think you're right. If he doesn't follow your advice, he's just not going to get anywhere in life, this guy. <laughs> but uh, Now, what you're saying is bad behavior. Mark, Gee, that's really not the Donald advice, Trump Mark, I know. Mark, Mark, bad behavior really from wants, Donald Trump? Mark,
2: if he really wants my advice, he should take... All that money he has and all these beautiful properties he has around the world, including his beautiful golf course in Scotland, and he should go spend more time there. He shouldn't be bothered with this anymore because it's going to end badly for him one way or the other.
0: How many years are we going to play this game? You know, the guy goes into real estate. He becomes a, a multi-billionaire, one of the big real estate companies. He goes into television, total amateur, first time out, number one show. It runs 14 years. Well, I, I total amateur, amateur, goes into <laughs> politics, a total amateur. Next thing you know, first race, he's president of the United States. I think he knows uh, the formula for success.
2: I, I, I'm, First of all, I disagree that he was an amateur when he went into TV. He'd been on TV for twenty years before he got that show. Well, but he never
0: had his own show or anything like that.
2: No, of course not. And it was, and I enjoyed it before they started putting celebrities on it. Honestly, I really liked the first season of The Apprentice. Uh, but it is, it is. Look, here is the thing: <laughs> the American people are getting tired. I admire you for trying. They're you getting keep tired. Trying. They're getting. Look, I know it. Even your audience who likes him are somewhat exhausted by this man who.
0: Exhausted oh, right. by what? We,
2: we, I, I want to go to a point where we don't think about the president all the time. I want to go back to the days where when
0: the president wore the wrong colored suit,
2: it was a scandal. Wait I a mean, minute.
0: I watch CNN and MSNBC. They all, all they do is talk about the president. Why don't they cover something else Because like we can't. Live. He won't let us. The president won't is, let us. What is he got the a gun to we your start head? Looking the other way, he tweets something
2: outrageous and we have to cover it because he's the Why president. Why do you have to cover it? You got to cover it because he's the president. His words matter. His words matter most, Mark. I mean, I saw you had Alyssa Milano's words. They don't matter as much as President Trump's. When the president goes goes before a crowd of people uh, and says that, you know, he, he disparages a dead congressman and says that he learned about housewares from women. I mean, that matters more than anything Alyssa Milano or a freshman member of Congress said yesterday. His words Matter most.
0: We right. have to think about them all. You, the time. you do know that around America, nobody cares about those two things. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything to anybody. That oh, he you said, don't? You don't think? No, you that he said it. that nobody cares. Well you're saying nobody he shouldn't cares. tweet. He so, shouldn't. But,
2: but but everybody cares about what Alyssa Milano said. I didn't even know about that until you played it just now. Oh no, we just played it
0: because <laughs> it was funny. It sounded funny.
2: Look, I only knew about. I only learned about it from you, Mark. Yeah. But nobody cares about that.
0: You know, I love this. uh, He shouldn't tweet. He shouldn't. That's the way the uh, swamp is. They'll let him know when he's allowed to talk and where.
2: (laughs) Look, I'm not against him tweeting because I want to know what's on his mind. Yeah. But what I'm saying is when you're the president of the United States and your words matter most. Yeah. You should be very careful how you use them. And And you'll agree with me. He is not careful with how he uses his words. Bad for democracy. Uh, I've known this guy rich. like uh, for him.
0: 25 years and from the beginning, you'd always say, yeah, I wouldn't do that. He shouldn't have said that. Oh, he shouldn't. But next thing I know, everything he touches, he's successful. After a while, I well,
2: realized he, he went bankrupt five times and he had a four. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. No, no, billion, no, 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 You know that so he has five
0: o'clock. He has possibly the least bankruptcy of any business person on earth. You know, Mitt Romney had 22 bankruptcies. Do you he know uh, bad Donald bad Trump has had bankruptcy. 570 corporations he has a bankruptcy rate of like a 0.3%. It's less yeah, than it's every company the in America.
2: shells, but the,
0: the actual corporations that had No, each corporation is a separate business, separate property.
2: All you got to do is ask people who used to work for him who didn't get paid, who got, you know, cheated out of their hard-earned income. Who this guy is. Well, I I did something. I think you're going to hear a lot from that this
0: year. I I did something even better than that. I did something even better than that. I went to the other real estate companies that compete with them and asked them about that not paying people. And they all told me the same thing. They said, we all do that. It's a code. If you did great work, you get paid right away. If you were phenomenal, you get a bonus. If you stunk, you don't get paid. If you were really bad, we just never pay you. And it's, it's always we can tell from what people tell us how good a job they did for somebody else.
2: Mark, the hardworking men and women who are listening to this show right now, who yes. are
0: carpenters
2: and other yes. kind of skilled craftsmen, I want them to tweet at you or me, you know, how they feel about not getting paid. But again, we could actually by, check you know, the record. Guy who got four, hold on, by a guy who got four hundred fifty million dollars from daddy. Look, Mark, if you or I got four hundred fifty million dollars from our daddy, neither one of us would be doing radio right now. We'd be relaxing by the pool.
0: Well, first of all, it was one million. But uh, you, no, could- no, 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 Mark. Mark, it was four hundred and fifty million.
2: He inherited four hundred and fifty million dollars from his daddy.
0: Four hundred and fifty. You know, there came a point where all of daddy's money got wiped out and he was actually almost a billion dollars yeah, in the hole. And next Even thing you know, more. he came back bigger than ever. With with a government bailout and 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 that's it.
2: This is a guy who has and, and lots of scams, by the way. He had to pay fines on publicity for his foundation he has scammed everyone who he's ever worked with this is, and he's scamming america right now and trust <laughs> me it's gonna catch up to him
0: well if uh, this economy and these jobs numbers are uh this is the scam i'll take it keep scamming us like this hey chris han great talking to you i
2: hope that that year, it doesn't get
0: destroyed by this president. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, we're all we're all building fallout shelters right now. We're all in panic. <laughs> but follow Chris Hahn on Twitter. Uh, follow me on Twitter, Mark Simone NY at uh, at Twitter. Uh, boy, they get angry about him. He really knows how to get under their skin, doesn't he? Uh, and I love when they say he shouldn't tweet. Don't tweet. I love that. They'll tell him when he can talk, when he's allowed to talk, where. Uh, we'll take some calls in a minute. 800-941-SEAN is the number. 800-941-SEAN. It's Mark Simone here for Sean Hannity. Hey, welcome back to the uh, Sean Hannity Show. It's Mark Simone here for Sean. I just want This is not a rerun. This is a live show. You know, you get that feeling when you start to hear these talking points from like uh, four years ago about, uh, he went bankrupt five times. He went, uh, you know, I, 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 it's 2019. How many, it's not just uh, Chris, you hear this whole, he went bankrupt for it. I I don't know why, but if you're the most successful business guys in the world, they all started off really well. Their careers took off and then they completely blew it, went bankrupt, broke, were wiped out. It happens all the time. Happened to Michael Bloomberg, happened to Steve Jobs. You know, at that point with Steve Jobs, they fired him from Apple. They threw him out of the company. Happens all the time. And then these type of guys, then this, this is how they get to be these type of. Guys, they're totally wiped out. They just pick themselves off off, like a fighter up off the canvas and battle their way back and they become bigger than ever. So that's what happened with Donald Trump. And the only time he had any bankruptcies, it was Atlantic City. And it should be pointed out, it wasn't even really him. The whole sector went out. Everything went bankrupt. Atlantic City just got wiped out. Caesars Palace went bankrupt. Sands went bankrupt. All the companies went bankrupt in there. But then he came back bigger and better than ever. You know who holds a record for bankruptcies? Uh probably Google. They've had bankruptcies like you've never remember the Google Glass? That was like a seven billion dollar disaster. Apple's had a couple of those, so it's perfectly normal. Uh, And again, Mitt Romney—you know—he mentions this. He had twenty-two of his companies go bankrupt. (laughs) That's a lot of companies. Uh, Now, in his defense, he's a venture capitalist, so that's a shakier business. Anyway, let's take some calls. Let's go to Don in uh, Huntsville, Alabama. Hey, Don.
4: Don. Hey, Mark. Merry Merry Christmas, Mark.
5: Wanted to comment. I hear a bunch of people talking about this Hunter Biden thing, yeah. but I've not heard one member of Congress. Say, let's make a bill to prevent this from happening in the future. Ah,
0: well, there's a good reason for that. You know, one reason they all keep quiet about this, this is how they do business in Congress. Every not everybody, but ninety percent of these people in Congress, both sides of the aisle, the relatives are on the payrolls of companies. You know, Nancy Pelosi's husband is suddenly a billionaire, her brother in law is making a fortune. Uh, they all got people on the payroll. They all the relatives all get hired in these big jobs. Uh, and if they can't get a job, they start a foundation. A Cummings, look at his wife, had a foundation that was getting huge donations. Of course, the Clintons, the kings of that stuff. But that's uh, one. See, the problem with Donald Trump, if you want to go in there and drain the swamp, uh, and this is, I, I, I have to be honest, it's both sides of the aisle. Some of that swamp they don't want drained. You know, you see these guys like Harry Reid. No money becomes a congressman. They go into kind of make hundred thousand a year. By the time they retire, they're worth fifty five million dollars. That's because all the relatives are on the payrolls. He had four sons who were all lobbyists. <laughs> Two wasn't enough. They had have four lobbyists to bring in all that money. Anyways, go to Randy in Panama City, Florida. Hey, Randy. Hey, Mark. How's it going? Good. Uh, uh, I wanted to. What are you doing? The now? Loading gigantic- the dishwasher while you talk. What is that?
1: <laughs> I was changing the my pa- tag on my car because I was on off.
0: But uh, you're on the Sean Nancy, Hannity show. You got like uh, 17 million people listening. You can't wait and do that in a few minutes.
1: <laughs> I've been waiting two hours. So oh, that's anyway, true. That's pretty uh, nice. Nancy, of you. Nancy Pelosi committed the ultimate quid pro quo. Uh, she, she's third in lines. If Trump is uh, taken out, she becomes vice president.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean. Uh, Actually, she doesn't. But you're right. If uh, something happened to Pence, she's then president. If the president leaves, a new president would be Pence. And then he could appoint a vice president. Uh, But, you know, you bring up a very good point there. Certainly a conflict of interest because she's in the line of succession. She moves up uh, one notch there. You know, another thing, if this goes to trial in the Senate and you're Bernie Sanders, or you're Elizabeth Warren, you're one of these senators who's running against Trump, you shouldn't be able to vote in the impeachment. You should have to recuse yourself. Uh, this rule about you can't investigate your political opponent. Well, if that's the case, you certainly can't vote on uh, on his removal. You'd have to recuse yourself. Hey, let's go to uh, Barry, uh, who's on the line. Barry, what do you want to say? Barry? Yes, sir. Yeah, we didn't wake you, did we? No. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, in jump fact, jump in anytime I, I, you feel like it.
2: He said I'd hear a beep. I didn't hear a beep. I heard Barry. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, we we well, got a few seconds. What do you want to say?
2: well I just had a couple of comments about that fellow there that was on there that uh, yeah. you know knew all about Trump's bankruptcies and this and that and the yeah. other thing I was wondering how many businesses he's
0: built oh well listen he's a nice guy we like him yeah yeah listen what are you gonna do most successful president years economy booming job numbers unbelievable they got to use these old talking points from a few years ago it's only good hey it's Mark Simone here for Sean Hannity uh, you can follow me on Twitter Mark Simone NY at Twitter uh, we'll take some calls in a moment 1-800-941-SEAN is the number back in a moment well it's Mark Simone here for Sean He's taking the day off we'll take some calls 800-941-SEAN now getting back to that uh, we heard that earlier you know they, you hear it even from sometimes from Republicans about President Trump you know, you get that uh, uh why does he have to tweet like that why does he have to say those things why does he have to you know if he could just be more presidential if he could just you know, you know what <laughs> I don't know what he does, but whatever he does, it seems to work. Have you ever seen anybody in your life get out of more jams, more scrapes, uh, Russia special prosecutors? You know, he'll get out of this impeachment thing, whatever they hit him with. You remember the Billy Bush tape? You remember the McCain comments? That's all you heard. This is it. He's finished. Nobody, nobody can get through this and continue. Whatever it is, you know, I, I. you uh, Trump haters and Democrats have actually uh, created this amazing popularity that he has, because, you know, what's the secret of those superhero movies? is that bullets bounce off him. He survives explosions. He survives whatever it is. He survives it. That's what makes for a superhero. Look at this guy. He gets through anything. I don't care what they hit him with. Even if he causes it himself, he gets out of it in one piece, and he goes on to even more success. It's pretty amazing. Do you ever, uh, you're at work, and the boss yells at you, or something bad happens, and you're just a mess for two days. You know, you're all upset. The boss yelled at you, something happened, something bad happened. Look at this guy. Nothing. He never flinches. Nothing. He's like, nobody has taken more hits, more punches than this guy and just keeps going. So it, it's made a lot of people uh who didn't admire him suddenly start to admire him and these democrats with this russian collusion for two years you know it got to the point where it got so intense with Mueller and his 15 uh andrew weismans and all these you start to think huh maybe there was some russian collusion then in the end you find out it was all a hoax there was nothing there so they try uh the sequel uh ukrainian collusion and uh most Americans are looking at this. There's the transcript. They're reading it. They'll read it again. They read it again. And they still don't see what it, what the problem was. Maybe you shouldn't say that about Biden. Maybe, but it's not impeachable. So, uh, I I don't know. Now, the big um, uh, pool now is once this Ukrainian collusion thing goes away, what's the next one? What'll be the third one? I'm predicting China collusion. That'll be next. I'll try some kind of China collusion. Uh, Let's take some calls. Let's go to Victor in uh, beautiful Naples, Florida. Victor, how you doing? Hey, real good, Mark. I'm so so happy you
7: filled in for Sean. I love listening to you. I've never called a talk show before, but I'll tell you what, your last guest really got me fired up.
0: Oh, he's a nice guy.
7: He's a nice guy, but I tell you what, President Trump is the American people's soapbox. He talks the way we want him to talk. He talks like we talk around the water cooler, around the fire pits and stuff. He is doing what we asked him to do, and that's awesome. No political correctness, nothing. Yeah, it's incredible. All the, the stuff that he has to take for that.
4: This is America. He speaks like an American. This is this is our president. This is what we needed this whole time to sound a majority. He is on fire. All i tell right. you what, no one's going to take that away from
0: him. Well said, Victor. Thanks for calling. You know, this wasn't uh, everything was perfect. We'll just send in a caretaker to just stay in there. This was a mess. We needed a guy to drain the swamp. Who do you think you're going to send in there? Mr. Rogers? You need Joe Pesci to go in there and clean this up. You know, the other thing, and I don't think people have uh, considered this. Uh, the other thing is most people have never been around a billionaire. You know, a self-employed billionaire. And they don't realize... This is how these guys behave if you're around. This is how Steve Jobs used to talk to people. Steve Jobs used to change his mind every second. used to call people all kinds of names. He used to be really rough and tough on people. Uh, Same thing with Bloomberg. You know how Bloomberg, one of his campaign themes is, I'll bring dignity back to the job. Do you ever see those comments that have come out now about what Bloomberg used to say when he was the CEO of his company, the vicious things he said to people, the dirty, ugly, sexual jokes he'd make in front of women? That's how Millionaires talk, and it's their company. They're the founder. They they do stuff like that. Hey, let's go to Dwayne in uh, Brookfield, Connecticut. Hey,
5: Dwayne. Hey, Mark. Good show. Anyway, uh, I would love to see Durham and or Giuliani investigate Hillary Clinton for this uranium one with Podesta. Yeah. I mean, she sold our natural resource uranium to Russia, and now we have to buy our uranium from Russia. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, good call, Dwayne. Good point. Yeah, you know, uh, you talk about uh, helping Putin. Uh, in the Obama administration, we okayed them to take 25% of our uranium, and then we started buying our uranium from them. What a ridiculous thing. To, if you just tuned in, uh, Steve Moore was on before. We were talking about the president's new plan. Uh, we have all the uranium in the world underground. We just can't mine it because of all these stupid PC regulations. So he wants to go back to open those mines and and start mining our own uranium so we don't have to buy it from russia and china anymore uranium is very important not just for nuclear power but for weapons military purposes it runs our nuclear submarines, so that's the president's new plan we'll start to mine uranium and we'll have all the uranium we need we don't have to buy it from uh, anybody else let's go to uh ernie in belmar new jersey hey ernie
3: hey great show as usual i didn't realize uh You're going to cover a point or two of mine, but I thank you for it. We think alike. But as far as Trump is concerned, you know, the story is how he has uh, been in tough times. We've all been there. Imperfection is what is his common denominator. And remember, he lost a few very key executives during the times when he was down, when Ace had to pull him out. The second category I'd like to bring to your attention is that this is the best time for young kids, young leaders of the future, to learn about the process, go through these experiences, listen, and become students of this political game because you'll never have these type of uh, extremes again. I mean, this reminds me of the late 60s when there was a tremendous amount of activism. So this is the time to get involved. If anybody's out there interested in political science, here's the experiment. Learn from it.
0: All right, good point, Ernie. Thanks for uh, thanks for calling. You know, uh, you, you can criticize uh, President Trump on Twitter, but it was really a, uh, President Obama who stunk on Twitter. He was misusing Twitter all the time. You know, when uh, he was president, President Obama would tweet out things like, "Wishing our veterans a happy Veterans Day." That's not what Twitter is for. The way the president uses. It, that's what it's for. You know, all you Trump haters on Twitter, that's what you do all day. You slime people, you attack people, you call them names. I hate to say it, but that's what Twitter is for. Let's go to uh, Michael in Pleasant Valley. Hey, Michael.
3: Uh, thanks, Mark. Uh, I got a couple comments. One is uh, President Trump has a constitutional right to a fair and speedy trial. And the other point I want to make is um you got a Supreme Court judge oh, yeah, like Joe Biden, receive. you got to think of
0: that second point. Uh I think I was here. Yeah. What was it? Uh, uh go ahead.
3: You got a Supreme Court justice overseeing the jury trial with the Senate. Maybe we need a Supreme Court justice to oversee the investigation yeah, with Congress.
0: That's a good point. Um you know, here's the thing. Normally you come up with these impeachment charges you send them over there and you start trying the guy the problem is they haven't got any impeachment charges. You remember during their little fake hearings they had uh, remember Vinman that was the the pudgy little guy with the uniform the usher's uniform on and uh, they had the guys with the bow ties and uh, they had that oh that that wicked witch you remember that professor uh, and they were yelling and screaming about treason bribery all all these things now when it, that's over before they write up the charges. Uh, secretly, they got to meet with some real lawyers to make sure they got everything right. Apparently, they were told in private, eh, you don't really have any bribery charge here. There's no tariff. There's none of this stuff. So they had to make up some charges. They couldn't charge any specific crimes. In the case of uh, Bill Clinton or in the case of Richard Nixon, they were charged with obstruction of justice. That's a crime. That's serious stuff in an impeachment Uh, There's no possibility of charging the president with that because he didn't do it. So they made up this vague thing called obstruction of Congress, which sounds bad, but it's not actually a crime. It's not illegal. People do it all the time. Remember Eric Holder did it. They held him in contempt. Uh, Lois Lerner did it. Every administration does obstruction of Congress. There's nothing wrong with it. It's fine. Every time the president vetoes a bill, it's obstruction of Congress. So then the other one was, uh, what's the other one? Abuse of power. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> it's not even anything specific. It's just so vague. It it just sounds bad. It's not anything. Let's go to uh Glenn, San Antonio, Texas. Hey Glenn, welcome to the Sean Hannity show.
4: Hey Mark, great job. Uh, listen, real quick, I just uh sitting here thinking about this. Pelosi's holding the articles to go over to the Senate. Yeah. Yesterday, Horowitz was in a on C SPAN two was in an open meeting with the Senate. And nobody even knows it happened because they were having this clown show. Is she holding back the articles to go over to the Senate to coincide when Durham starts releasing his report to offset it as a diversion?
0: Uh, It could be. uh, It's an interesting point. Now, Durham is the special counsel. You got to remember with Horowitz, you might be disappointed. The IG Horowitz, where's the charges? How come nobody's in uh, jail? How come nobody's arrested? An IG can't really do that. An IG doesn't have a lot of power. He's an investigator, but he doesn't have subpoena power. He can't interview everybody he wants to. So that's why there wasn't much there. Durham is a special counsel. That's a whole different thing. He's a U.S. attorney and he's a prosecutor. He can force testimony from anybody he wants. He can subpoena people. He can call a grand jury. He can make charges criminal referrals so that's the big one now you keep hearing uh, it's delayed it's delayed now you're hearing uh, summer of 2020 uh, I, you know these guys take way too long uh, and it might be a little deliberate who knows maybe they'd like to hold that and uh, have all the charges filed right during the democratic convention or, or something like that that might be uh, fun to do so uh and, uh, there was stuff in that IG report. Now you gotta remember, you got this conspiracy where fake news misreports it. Uh, and fake news says that, uh, you know, there was no, uh, the Pfizer warrant was justified. That's all you hear. That's the news. What they don't tell you is that the IG also said it was only justified because they set the rules, the bar so low that anything can be justified. And he recommends that that be changed immediately. That all they, they forgot to report that part. Of the story. Hey, uh, we'll come back in a moment. If you want to call, it's 1-800-941-SEAN is the number. An important point uh, I'll get to in a moment. Uh, the best forecaster of an election. We'll get to that in a moment. Also, follow me on Twitter. It's Mark Simone N Y at Twitter. Mark Simone N Y C at Instagram. And don't forget to go to Hannity.com and uh, watch Hannity, of course, tonight at 9 on the Fox News Channel. Hey, welcome back. It's Mark Simone here for Sean Hannity. You know, the problem is, if you look at all these polls, all the public polls, the network polls, the uh, newspaper polls, they're all rigged. I don't know what the point of that is. Uh, what they, It's rigged in a bunch of ways. One is they screw around with the metrics. So if you look at the sample, Republicans are usually at 23 or 24 percent, should be at 35, 36 percent. That's one way they screw around. They don't use likely voters. They sometimes just says adults, which could mean anything. They go in the faculty lounge and take the poll. There's a bunch of ways. They uh, rig the questions in a certain way. Uh, So it generally, uh, it takes away uh, 10 to 12 points from uh, President Trump. I don't know what the point of doing this over and over. and That's what happened in uh, 2016. Hillary, 12 points ahead. Meantime, Donald Trump wins. So they do that all the time. But what could you really look at? Well, One thing just happened. Historically, whatever happens in the British election happens here the following year. Uh, If you looked at uh, the election there, you could see that Bill Clinton was going to win in the following year. It always, always predicts the American election. Well, the Donald Trump of Britain just won in a huge margin, much bigger than anybody thought. So that always forecasts. What's going to happen the following year? Now, the other thing is, I don't know why, but they screw around with these polls. I don't know what they think it's going to accomplish. But you know who doesn't screw around with them? Gamblers. Uh, bookies, so you know you can go to these uh, Las Vegas places. You can bet on the presidential election. There's a couple of places you can place a bet. Check the odds because those guys don't fool around. Look at those odds on the football games; they're always right. Ninety-nine point nine 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 percent of the time, they're exact. Check the odds on Donald Trump winning. It's a huge the odds that he's going to win. So you can be sure he'll win. Guaranteed. Now, obviously, if the whole world blows up, something happens, everything could change. But record economy, record number of jobs, everything is just on fire. The greatest uh, flourishing uh, economy we've had in uh, anybody's memory. Easy, easy re-election. So... Don't blame the Democrats. What else are you going to do? You got to try to make them a criminal, impeach them, uh, whatever. Uh, we got one more. Right, let's take one more call. Uh, let's go. Who should we go to? Uh, let's go to line one. Scott in Albany. Scott, what do you want to say?
2: I have a question for you. Yes. If the if the
7: president
4: was removed from power, let's just say it all works in their favor and they remove the president. What kind of power do the American people have? Let's just say we all said no. We won't allow it.
0: Well, uh, yeah, that well, you wouldn't have anything. To, that's the way it works. Mike Pence would become the president and then immediately the impeachment of Mike Pence would begin. And that means the Speaker of the House becomes president. And that means the Democrats can pick anybody they want. You know, under the rules, they can appoint anybody Speaker of the House. Doesn't even have to be a member of the House. They could appoint Joe Biden Speaker of the House, and then he would get that. Believe it or not, that's the way it works. Uh, we're out of time. Uh, follow me on Twitter, Mark Simone NY at Twitter, or Instagram, Mark Simone NYC at Instagram. You can listen to me on 710 WOR, a big flag, flagship in New York. Thanks for listening, Mark Simone here for Sean Hannity.